As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Wait till they get a load of me. I'm Spartacus! I'm Spartacus! I'm Batman. I am the father. I am Optimus Prime. My name is Bob. James Bob. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! You shall not pass! Here's Johnny! Some men just want to watch the world burn. I'm only human, Harry! Talking movies with Brian Lataki. And here we go. Here's Brian Lataki. You can do it! Hello, friends, and welcome to Talking Movies. I'm Brian Lataki, and today we're taking a look at Netflix and the Russo Brothers, The Gray Man. What do you know about the Sierra program? Reckless mystery men you guys send in when you can't officially send anyone else. The Gray Men. They have something they really want. What's your gut? It's gonna be my funeral you're going to next. You wanna make an omelet? You gotta kill some people. You must be Lloyd. What gave it away? The trash dash. It just, it leans Lloyd. Easy. Lying for the prestige of killing the infamous Sierra Six. I can kill anybody. Maybe not anybody. When the CIA's most skilled operative, whose true identity is known to none, accidentally uncovers dark agency secrets, a psychopathic former colleague puts a bounty on his head, setting off a global manhunt by international assassins. Written by the team of Joe Russo, Christopher Marcus, and Stephen McFeely, and based on the book by Mark Graney, and directed by Joe and Anthony Russo, The Gray Man stars Ryan Gosling as Six, Chris Evans as Lloyd Hansen, Anna de Armas as Danny Miranda, Billy Bob Thornton as Fitzroy, and features Jessica Henwick, Danoush, Alfre Woodard, Reggie Jean Page, Wagner Mora, and Julia Butters. Well, The Gray Man and its incredibly attractive cast released a couple of weeks back on Netflix to what can safely be called mixed reviews. It was a movie that I had every intention on checking out, so it only makes sense that I throw my opinion into that mix. Now, story-wise, it's actually a pretty fun story. There's bits and pieces of a ton of different spy movies mixed in, like Bourne, Bond, Mission Impossible, and it actually melds together quite well, as one would generally expect. Now, when it comes to acting, everyone does a pretty decent job. However, Chris Evans steals the spotlight anytime his sociopathic Lloyd Hansen hits the screen. Now, that said, nobody was really a slouch. Danush deserves his own shout-out, though, as a Bollywood actor making his first foray into the West, and he is spectacular in the screen time he is given. Visually, it was quite the mixed bag. There were some scenes that were flawless and would be right at home in the biggest blockbusters and theaters, while others looked like they belonged in the early 2000s. And sometimes you got one of each in back-to-back shots. And while that never fully pulled me out of the film, it always left me feeling confused as to why they slacked on one shot while went to the nines on the other. I can only assume that it was a few different studios working on the big CGI shots, which would explain the discrepancies. The Gray Man is not a bad movie in the slightest. It was entertaining, although it did feel a little long at times for 122 minutes. The action was entertaining, and the hand-to-hand fights were done with near perfection. And by that, I mean it wasn't chock full of fast cuts and feature two actors dressed similarly, so you have no idea who wins until the final blow. The stunts in this movie were cool, they were calculated, and they were beautiful, which made this movie absolutely worth its time. I give The Gray Man a B. 
It's a scorcher out there, so now would be the time to trim off some of your excess hair. The team at Swish Barbershop at 844 St. Mary's Road are ready to line you up and make you look your best. Walk-ins are welcome, or you can visit my barber by booking today at boybarbernick.com. I've just been handed an urgent news story. Cannonball! Let's get into movie news you can use, and let's start it off with the rumor mill. I tried to make me go to rehab, I said no. An Amy Winehouse biopic is starting to make significant strides after languishing in development hell for quite a while. The project, which is currently titled Back to Black, has been looking for a newcomer to play Amy Winehouse rather than an established pop star. As of right now, Variety is claiming Marissa Abella, best known for the HBO and BBC Two series Industry, is the top contender for the role of Winehouse. Abella is of Maltese, Libyan, Russian, and Polish descent, but also happens to be of Jewish heritage. This was important to those behind the the biopic because they want it to be as authentic as possible in telling Amy Winehouse's story. The late singer was Jewish, which is important for the filmmakers to stay true to. Meanwhile, Jason Momoa has confirmed he's reunited with Ben Affleck on the set of Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, sharing a number of photos and a video on Instagram, which confirmed the rumors that there will be a Batman cameo in the Aquaman sequel. So let me get this straight. You do a dress like a bat, like, a, like an actual bat. It's worked for 20 years in Gotham. The fight comes, we'll need you. Don't count on a Batman. Why not? It's not like you coming here digging into my business getting into my life. The video shows Jason Momoa outside of the studio running into a group of fans saying it's not a f***ing secret anymore, is it? That's what happens, Warner Brothers, when you walk out of your set and there's our fans. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom will premiere on March 17th of 2023. Meanwhile at Marvel, Kevin Feige has confirmed to The Hollywood Reporter that the upcoming Fantastic Four film will not be another origin story. He said, quote, a lot of people know this origin story. A lot of people know the basics. How do we take that and bring them something they've never seen before. Feig then went on to admit that they've set a very high bar for themselves while bringing that to the screen. Spider-Man No Way Home's director John Watts was originally tapped to direct the Fantastic Four movie for Marvel, but dropped out earlier this year after realizing he needed a break after directing three Spider-Man movies back-to-back. As for his replacement, no one has officially been announced yet, but reports have claimed that Kevin Feig is looking at some big names to take the gig so he can be more hands-off. Fantastic Four is expected to hit theaters on November 8th of 2024. Meanwhile, the chin himself, Bruce Campbell, who is producing the upcoming film Evil Dead Rise from Lee Cronin, recently told Comic Book Resource that test screenings of the film Evil Dead Rise have gone so well that the movie might even get a theatrical release before moving to HBO Max. Campbell said, quote, we just had a preview that went, that was very high ratings. They were potentially going to stream it on HBO Max, but it might go theatrical, maybe in the fall. While speaking with Collider, he went on to say that the movie actually does not suck in the least. Lee Cronin did a great job. Sam picks these director types who've had some experience, but we can still sort of shove them into the Evil Dead box a little bit since these are Maverick-type directors. I give Sam credit. He's not picking people who are just going to mimic his shit. They come with a very strong personality and approaches. It's very European Evil Dead. Sam Raimi, creator of the Evil Dead, picked Cronin to make Evil Dead Rise after watching his feature directorial debut titled The Hole in the Ground. Evil Dead Rises will follow a road-weary Beth who pays an overdue visit to her older sister, Ellie, who is raising three kids on her own in a cramped L.A. apartment. The sister's reunion is cut short by the discovery of a mysterious book deep in the bowels of Ellie's building, giving rise to flesh-possessing demons and thrusting Beth into a primal battle for survival as she is faced with the most nightmarish version of motherhood imaginable. Bruce Campbell has confirmed that he does not appear in the film as he has formally retired from playing the role of franchise hero Ash. I'll swallow your soul! 
Come get some. The Wrap is currently reporting that MGM has lost the rights to the Tomb Raider franchise, prompting a Hollywood bidding war. In order to hang on to the Tomb Raider film rights, the studio had until May to greenlight a sequel, but missed their chance. Insiders with knowledge of the project told The Wrap that several studios are now putting in bids to take control of the franchise. The rights reverted back to the Tomb Raider video game company after MGM lost them and Graham King's GK Films are considering the incoming offers. Alicia Vikander is no longer attached to star in Tomb Raider, as it's expected that the next film will be another complete reboot. Michael B. Jordan's upcoming return to playing Adonis Creed will have to wait a little bit longer. Creed 3 was originally slated to hit screens on November 23rd of this year, but has now been pushed back to March 3rd of 2023. In addition to starring in Creed 3, Michael B. Jordan is also directing the film in his feature filmmaking debut. Tessa Thompson will return as Bianca Taylor alongside Felicia Rashad as Marianne. Jonathan Majors has also joined the cast as Anderson Dame, said to be Creed's adversary. Sylvester Stallone announced that he wouldn't be returning for the film, which will mark the first time in the franchise that will not include Rocky Balboa. Meanwhile, MGM announced a Creed spin-off that will be titled Drago. Screenwriter Robert Lawton is getting into the squared circle for the newly announced project, and although the plot remains under wraps, it's expected to center on Ivan Drago, the Russian boxer who defeated and killed Apollo Creed in Rocky IV. Sylvester Stallone took to his Instagram, where he slammed producer Erwin Winkler, with whom he's engaged in a feud over the rights to the Rocky franchise. He referred to Winkler as the pathetic 94-year-old producer and claimed they were once picking clean the bones of another wonderful character I created without even telling me. I must break you. He also called out Dolph Lundgren, writing, I have nothing but respect for Dolph, but I wish he would have told me what was going on behind my back. Keep your real friends close. Dolph Lundgren weighed in on the Stallone Drago spinoff controversy, writing in an Instagram post that there's currently no deal in place and that he was under the impression that Stallone himself would be involved in the movie. He ended the tweet saying, just so all the fans can relax, there you go. Moving to the small screen... Netflix has released its first official trailer for the upcoming Blonde film, starring Anna de Armas as Marilyn Monroe. I know you're supposed to get used to it, but I just can't. I played Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe. When I come out of my dressing room, I'm Norma Jean. Based on the best-selling novel by Joyce Carol Oates, Blonde boldly reimagines the life of one of Hollywood's most enduring icons, Marilyn Monroe. From her volatile childhood as Norma Jean, through her rise to stardom and romantic entanglements, Blonde blurs the lines of fact and fiction to explore the widening split between her public and private selves. Written and directed by Andrew Dominic, the film boasts a cast led by Anna de Armas and featuring Bobby Cannavale, Adrian Brody, Julian Nicholson, Xavier Samuel, and Evan Williams. Blonde will hit Netflix globally on September 23rd of 2022. Netflix also took to their social media this weekend to release a video which featured Eddie Munson actor Joseph Quinn from season four of Stranger Things meeting Metallica and getting to jam with them. You want to go jam? I'm a bit rusty, so I might need a lesson. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're fine. You got a pick? Here's your ears. Want to try this? I'll give you a four count. You know the beginning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Go. All right. You're hired. <laughs>
I'd like to uh, make an announcement. Metallica is now a five-piece. The Stranger Things finale found Eddie Munson, played by Quinn, and Dustin being used as bait in the Upside Down to distract Vecna's demo bats and give Nancy, Steve, and Robin enough time to sneak into the villain's lair. The scene found Eddie taking out his guitar and blasting Master of Puppets to help save the day. Dude, most metal ever! Metallica took to Instagram to respond to the use of their iconic song on Stranger Things, saying, quote, The way the Duffer brothers have incorporated music into Stranger Things has always been next level, so we were beyond psyched for them to not only include Master of Puppets in the show, but to have such a pivotal scene built around it. We were all stoked to see the final result, and when we did, we were totally blown away. It's so extremely well done, so much so, that some folks were able to guess the song just by seeing a few seconds of Joseph Quinn's hands in the trailer. How crazy cool is that? <laughs> Over at AMC, it was announced that a Max Headroom series reboot starring Matt Frewer returning to play the computer-generated TV host is currently in development. Halt and Catch Fire co-creator Christopher Cantwell is writing and showrunning the adaptation, which is being produced by Elijah Wood and Daniel Noah's Spectre Vision and All3 Media. Max Headroom was first introduced in the 1985 British cyberpunk TV movie Max Headroom 20 Minutes Into the Future. Hi. Both of you. Welcome to... to, 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 to. Big time. You want to check these ratings? I seem to have an audience of two. During the height of the character's popularity, Max Headroom became the host of a music video show, sold new coke to Gen Xers, and starred in a primetime series titled Max Headroom, which aired on ABC for two seasons from 1987 to 1988. AMC has also confirmed their upcoming new series set in the world of the sci-fi thriller Orphan Black. This spin-off, which is called Orphan Black Echoes, is set to star Kristen Ritter, who was previously the star of Jessica Jones. Ritter will also be executive producing Orphan Black Echoes, alongside creator and showrunner Anna Fishko, original series co-creator and director John Fawcett, and Boat Rockers David Forcher, Ivan Schneeberg, Katie O'Connell Marsh, Nick Nantnell, and Carrie Appleyard. The first season of Orphan Black Echoes will consist of 10 episodes and is set in the near future and will explore the scientific manipulation of human existence. It will follow a group of women as they weave their way into each other's lives and embark on a thrilling journey unraveling the mystery of their identity and uncovering a wretched story of love and betrayal. The show is expected to premiere on AMC and the AMC Plus streaming service at some point in 2023. AMC then went on to confirm a Walking Dead spin-off series that will be called Isle of the Dead and will star Maggie, played by Laurie Cohen, and Negan, played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Joining Cohen and Morgan in the cast are Mahina Napoleon from NCIS Hawaii, Zelshko Ivanek from Madam Secretary, and Jonathan Higginbotham from Shining Veil. Vale. Details on the characters are being kept under wraps, but we do know that Gaius Charles from Friday Night Lights is playing Isaac, who is confident, ruthless, and unyielding in the pursuit of what he believes is justice with the force of his will and his menace. Over at the Roku channel, it was confirmed that the upcoming biopic Weird, the Al Yankovic story, which stars Daniel Radcliffe as Weird Al Yankovic, will premiere exclusively on Roku on November 4th of 2022. The film will follow Radcliffe at playing Yankovic in the unexaggerated true story about the most incredible musician of our time. From a conventional upbringing where playing the accordion was a sin, Al rebelled and made his dream of changing the words to world-renowned songs come true. An instant success and sex symbol, Al lives in an excessive lifestyle and pursues an infamous romance that nearly destroys him. The film will also star Evan Rachel Wood, Rain Wilson, and a cast of A-list actors that their agents won't let us reveal.
Disney released a new trailer for the upcoming Cassian Andor series titled Andor, which is a spin-off of the Rogue One film. Cassian Andor. The Empire is choking us so slowly. We're starting not to notice. What I'm asking is this. Wouldn't you rather give it all to something real? This is what revolution looks like. I'm tired of losing. The Andor series explores a new perspective from the Star Wars galaxy, focusing on Cassian Andor's journey to discover the difference that he can make. The series brings forward the tale of burgeoning rebellion against the Empire and how people and planets became involved. It's an era filled with danger, deception, and intrigue, where Cassian will embark on the path that is destined to turn him into a rebel hero. The series will star Diego Luna, Genevieve O'Reilly, Stellan Skarsgård, and more, and will release with three episodes on September 21st. In sad news, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Star Trek World has lost one of its originals. Actress Nichelle Nichols, who famously played the role of Nyoto Uhura in the original Star Trek series, has passed away at the age of 89. Nichols' son, Kylie Johnson, posted a heartfelt note about his mother's passing and asked her fans to respect the family's privacy at this time. Nichelle Nichols had made history as Uhura on Star Trek as she became one of the first black women to be featured in a major television series. Her kiss with William Shatner's Captain Kirk in the episode Plato's stepchildren is also widely recognized as the first interracial kiss on American television. Nichols maintained her ties to Star Trek after the show's cancellation by lending her voice to the animated series and co-starred alongside William Shatner and the rest of the crew in six Star Trek movies. She was also featured in shows like The Young and the Restless and Futurama and was recruited by NASA for her help in recruiting women into its space program. Thank you for all you gave us over the years, Nichelle. Live long and prosper. Finally, we end on the news that we've all been waiting for. Grab your portal gun because Adult Swim announced today that they have slated Rick and Morty Season 6 for a September 4th release. Featuring the voices of Justin Roiland, Sarah Chalk, Chris Parnell, and Spencer Grammer, Rick and Morty follows a sociopathic genius scientist who drags his inherently timid grandson on insanely dangerous adventures across the universe. Rick Sanchez is living with his daughter Beth's family and constantly bringing her, his son-in-law Jerry, granddaughter Summer, and grandson Morty into intergalactic escapades. That's it for this episode of Talking Movies. Follow me on social media at Talking Movies PC and download full-length episodes on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And as always, extra 10 million to the first guy to put a bullet in this Ken doll's brain. Yeah.